Dr. Chad, what's good, man? Welcome back to the Doc Says. Welcome back to the Doc Says. Yo, the doctor back in office for another round The author of the Wrestlemania era has come to put it down Not only wrestling, is film and football Golden Dome represent a Notre Dame been a squad On the wrestling side, he's bringing all the passion College basketball and March men will bring the madness Whether Top Gun or it's Dark Knight uh-uh. The doc says, welcomes all y'all to get it right Welcome to the doc says, the doc says Welcome to the doc says, the doc says Welcome to the doc says the doc says, welcome to the doc says, we're down to chat, hey. Hello and welcome to a currently unnamed Chad and Tabitha podcast. I'm your co-host, Chad, and this is Tabitha. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about a little idea we had at the beach last night. If you hear something in the background that sounds like the ocean. It is. It is the ocean. So we are sitting here overlooking a a beautiful spot in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. So last night we were talking into the wee hours of the morning and the idea came about to draft 16 AEW acts each and then put together an ideal pay-per-view card based on who we drafted. Mm Mm-hmm. Tag teams count as one act, so she went first with her first pick. So we're going to go through and just kind of break down for you each of our picks and then just interlace them into the pay-per-view card. That's how I'm going to do it. I'll tell you about my card as it takes shape. Tabitha may do it a little differently. We'll see how she decides in her second wrestling <laughs> podcast how she wants to format it. So I feel like the audience should know whose idea it was to come up with this anyway. Oh, yeah? The newbie. Yeah. Yeah. This was your idea? Yeah. Yeah? It was my idea. <laughs> to do this podcast? No, to do, to pick the the dream pay-per-views. It started with me wanting to know your 10 favorite AEW wrestlers. This is true. And then it morphed into, you know what would be fun is if we created our own custom pay-per-view according to who we like, and then you said... Well, I used to do this draft thing, and you taught me how to do it. Yeah, so it all began with the (laughs) pre-trip conversation starter Friday morning. Exactly, but the newbie is the one who was thinking about the wrestling all on her own. Indeed, she was. (laughs) So the last time we did this podcast together, you were still a novice AEW fan Mm -hmm. ahead of your first pay-per-view all-out yeah. And it was the night when CM Punk made his return to the pro wrestling ring and Really? Yeah, it was his first match and Oh my god. Since 2014 and I you forgot know. about that. So that was the night that I cried twice. She did. She cried <laughs> at the the losses taken by both Darby Allen and the Young Bucks. Oh yeah. I was so, sad. So, you know, your your fandom has evolved a lot since then. Tell tell the listeners just how much of a wrestling fan you are now. <laughs> Well, I'm currently wearing a wrestling t-shirt. It's WWE, but nonetheless. <laughs> Indeed. I, I'm the proud owner of two wrestling t-shirts that I wear weekly. and um, She wears her Young Buck shirt a lot. A lot, yeah. And I get I'm pretty, pretty excited when I realize it's Wednesday and Dynamite's on. 
You're part of a pro wrestling chat group on Facebook. I am. I uh, yeah. It's it's been fun to to be a part of that. Even though I have no idea most of the time what's going on, I chime in with my random stuff and they humor me and either ignore it or <laughs> pacify me with a few comments. Just a few bits of lingo to learn in the pro wrestling game. A few bits. Yeah. It's like another language. It's carny. Yeah. Mm. A lot of carny terms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the format, we're just going to start out. I mean, I'm going to basically just kind of turn over the number one pick to her. She'll tell you why she picked that person. I'll come back, say who I picked first, and put together our cards and go from there. So with the first pick in the first annual AEW roster draft, Tabitha selects. I picked MJF Maxwell. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> I call him Princeton. I had this moment where I just like all I could think of was Princeton. Yes, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Why? <clears throat> well, it's funny because I could not stand him when I first started watching AEW. Like it was like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, it drove me absolutely crazy. And then when he started his feud with Jericho. He finished his feud with Jericho at the pay-per-view we previewed oh, your okay. first wrestling podcast. So Lots changed since then, folks. Yeah. So that kind of high-stakes, you know, match was really intriguing to me. And I found myself rooting for him, even though, I mean, Jericho's fine, but something about there being so much on the line, I was kind of like, ooh, I kind of want to, like call this guy's bluff and see what happens if MJF does win you know is he really leaving kind of thing of course he 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 didn't win but no he did not um that sort of opened the door for me to view him in a different light and then just kind of quietly over the last several months he's just gained some momentum and he is my first pick not because he's my absolute favorite although he is in the top three <laughs> he's number three um he is just captivating and if i am creating an amazing pay-per-view um then he's got to be you know number one he's got to be in the the uh main event so i chose him because i find him terribly interesting a great you know storyteller dramatic as hell and a good wrestler and equal parts like funny and infuriating and kind of you know amazing the whole heel package i guess so he's damn good at what he does he is yes he, he is and he just continues to um kind of create more and more uh enthusiasm in my heart for him so he's number one would it be fair to say that MJF, like a lot of guys that you initially didn't like in the first when you first started watching, there have been several of them that you've just kind of okay. I get him. Mm -hmm. I get what he's trying to do, yes. and he's great at it, and so I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He would have been my number one pick as well. He is rounding into the franchise cornerstone that AEW, I think, always hoped he would be, and that as a wrestling fan who appreciates history happening in front of their eyes. Uh, I always, you know, wondered if he would, you know, ascend into that role. And he has. So he would have been my pick, too. 
Uh, as it stands, my top pick was John Moxley. John Moxley is one of those guys who, when WWE was at its modern peak in the what they called the reality era, Dean Ambrose was one of my one of my quiet favorites. He was regularly amongst my top five favorites, but I always felt like he was not given the full range of opportunities to maximize his talents. AEW has given him that. He's done it. Now he's come back from his hiatus. And I am uh, I'm loving what he's doing. And if I don't get MJF, I'm taking him. I can position John Moxley as my top star in my main event. I can position him as a tweener. Someone who's skirting the line between good and bad, I can, I can put him out here as a bad guy with him fully unleashed in a way that we've not yet seen him fully able to maximize on national television. So Moxley gives me a lot of options at the top of my card depending upon who I get next. So he's my first pick. Who is your second pick? Well, this was purely because, you know, I love them, but the Young Bucks... Or number two, I thought about doing number one, but I was pretty sure you were going to try and steal MJF if I didn't pick him first. Yeah, that's true. So, I would have. I know. So in order to keep that from happening, I chose him. But the Bucks, of course, have my heart at number one. So um, in there, not on my paper, but in my heart, they're number one. <laughs> yeah, if you are going to build a pay-per-view card... You know what you're getting from the Young Bucks. You're going to get arguably the best match on the show mm-hmm. against whoever you put them against. So yes. um, that's that's a good pick. No? Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to continue a little bit on Go them. Go ahead. Like, uh, they bring something different as far as, like, showmanship. But, I mean, I feel like it, it can't possibly be a good pay-per-view without them. Um, so they are... They're my number two pick. My number two pick is CM Punk. CM Punk, I went back and forth between Punk and a few different people. Um, I, th- I think that if you're building a pay-per-view card, you are looking for star power. You're looking for people you can put on the marquee. And not only are you going to get a great story and a great match, but you're going to get people drawn in based on the interest of the the talent involved. And CM Punk is maybe not my fan anchor anymore, but I certainly have enjoyed everything he's done since he's been back. I've enjoyed the matches he's had, the big pay-per-view matches, the the big TV main event against MJF here recently. It's it's all been um, maybe not the greatest stuff of his career. Maybe Maybe we'll see another peak from CM Punk before all is said and done, but... There's some dream matches out there for him. I could definitely position position him against Moxley in my main event and feel great about it. Um, CM Punk, uh, master orator, somebody who on a pay-per-view card mm-hmm. I've got to have near the top. So yeah. uh, could have been a number one pick for either one of us, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. He's just such a important father figure, <laughs> if you will, in the wrestling right now. Like, I just... I see him, I mean, he's great in in and of himself and his charisma and his wrestling's okay. Um, but just his energy that he brings and, and the way that it looks like he's so 
uh, intentionally really kind of helping to foster the the younger generation of wrestlers you know like that I just love I love that about him like I don't really love to see him wrestle on popular opinion maybe but him like when he's got the mic I am completely enthralled yeah the uh I think you're when you're talking about his wrestling skill at this point he's still getting back into the groove mm-hmm. um I have not seen it's in, it's going to be interesting to see with CM Punk and even on this card that I'm going to be on un, unveiling as we go through this um it's going to be interesting to see if CM Punk really has it in him to get to the the heights that he used to be able to reach when he was more in his athletic prime. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he can get there. He may need the right opponent. I think I may end up having the right opponent for him. So, <laughs> nice. Who's your third pick, baby? My third pick is Ray Phoenix. Good pick. Just in singular, um, and I'm I'm doing that for a reason, which I will share. Not right this second. <laughs> But, oh my gosh, I love him. I love, love, love what he does. Like, it's so interesting. Some of, you know, my favorite wrestlers have very little to do with their wrestling and everything to do with their their presence, their story, their personality. And then there are others who is basically solely based on their, you know, athletic and wrestling ability. And that's, I mean, that's Ray Phoenix to me is like, I love watching what he does. Like, I can't take my eyes off when he does his little tightrope stuff mm-hmm. and all this flippy shit. And it's just, it's amazing. So, yeah. Like Rey Mysterio before him, there's really no reason for him to say anything. He doesn't need yeah. to say anything, you know. Yeah. It's not going to make him that much more captivating if he can cut a promo. Yeah. He's amazing to watch. He's the most aesthetically pleasing wrestler in the game today, arguably. I typically cannot stand masked wrestlers either, and he is the one exception that I'm, like, okay with. I'm okay with his his face coverings. <laughs> now, is that because you like to be able to see the wrestlers emote? Yes. And he, I think he does actually a pretty good job of emoting despite... Yes, because it's not a full face covering. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, his brother, mm-mm, no. I don't like all the face paint and the mat. No. Understood. No. Sorry. Number three for me, selected primarily to face number two for me, is Kenny Omega. And I'll tell you right now, I haven't completed my main event match yet. (laughs) But uh, positioned in that dream match spot that AEW has got the ability to utilize here and there. These dream match scenarios don't come about every day, I think. Um, you know, the, the former king of the independent scene, the guy who invented the term CM Punk against Kenny Omega, the guy who took it pretty darn far on the actual independent scene, so to speak. If you consider anything non-WWE and AEW to be more independent, I guess New Japan is sort of its big own thing, but I don't know. I always think of Kenny Omega as the pillar of the, the movement beyond WWE to help get us to... Um, 
where we got to with AEW launching in the first place. His success was massively influential. Everybody wants to see CM Punk Mm -hmm. versus Kenny Omega, who followed the Mm. last decade plus of pro wrestling. Yeah. So it's a match that I definitely am uh, very much hoping to see at some point. Um, and the opportunity to execute it on my card. If you've got a dream match between two guys who can still go, nice. I think he, I think Omega would be the guy who can really challenge Punk to rise to that extra level. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, especially when he's healthy. Like, you've not seen yet healthy Kenny Omega. I mean, the guy's out there having four-and-a-half-star matches yeah. in pay-per-view main events when he's dealing with the vertigo at the beginning of the day. I mean, it's... Impressive mm. that he's able to do what he was able to do. But once he comes back healthy, mm-hmm. I think everybody's going to get to see a, a different level of Kenny Omega. I hope it's still in there. hope the same for CM Punk. Nice. They're both great. And uh, Trailblazers kind of kind of renegades in their own way of, you know, standing up for a certain belief system in the wrestling world. I, I admire the heck out of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Who's number four for you, baby? Four? So, he's really up high on the list, but he's, you know, one of those sort of, what do you call them, mid-card people. But I love him. I think he should be at the top. Pac. I love Pac. Again, so Pac is interesting in that I, like, if there was a scale of, like, personality and persona and storytelling versus, like, actual you know in the ring wrestling I'd say I'm like 60 40 on him like 60% of what I enjoy of him is in the ring but I I I mean I enjoy his accent and his you know kind of really interesting like he's sort of dark and sinister in a little way but not over the top like Malachi Black ugh bleh Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's got like just enough edge to make him interesting, but I feel like he could, he could be both heel and you know, like I could see him in both the good and the the naughty roles. I guess he's versatile. He's yeah. already proven it in AEW. He's kind of teetered the line back and forth since yeah. the beginning. I can I can totally believe that, and he's he's just amazing, and so. What I was wanting was a like a tag team, you know, match, and instead of it being Ray and um, Pentagon, and Pentagon, it being for whatever reason I don't know why Pentagon's on vacation or something. <laughs> so Pack steps in and he teams up with Phoenix, and then they go against the Bucks. I told her last night when she came up with that that one of the best matches of 2021 in AEW was Ray Phoenix and Pen- Ray Phoenix and Pack against the Young Bucks but back I don't in the spring. That. It was Did back I in the spring. So I missed it. You missed that one. I created this this beautiful pairing and I didn't even know. Yeah. And yeah. if it happened on a pay-per-view, I mean there's a, there's a difference between a TV match and a pay-per-view, if, no, if nothing else, because you've got uninterrupted time dedicated toward it. There's no commercial breaks. There's no picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah. The stakes hmm. are higher. So, I mean, I'd love to see those guys run it back some at some point. I would, too. On a big show. I feel like that would be incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Pack is amazing. I love Pack too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Interestingly enough, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion Hangman Adam Page <laughs> is the eighth pick in this draft. He's my number four pick. I'm still putting him in my main event because the way I've got it set up is Punk versus Omega is a dream match, but AEW's world title is a big deal, and it's positioned, in my opinion, as the most important world championship in pro wrestling today. So, um, Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page is my mm-hmm. main event. A gritty match between two guys who can brawl and wrestle. I think that the two of them could have an amazing 30-minute main event match. And it'd be positioning John Moxley in a more of a, um, not a heroic kind of a role, but still not being a full-fledged bad guy either. I think that the, the money for them right now, if it was deployed at present time, would be with Moxley, with all the momentum coming back from doing rehab and, and getting and getting clean and being in great shape with all the fan support that comes with that up against your world champion who's doing a great job, having great matches, knocking it out of the park in a variety of different ways. Hangman Adam Page is my favorite wrestler in AEW. He gets the fourth pick. I strategically planned it that way because I know Tabitha doesn't like <laughs> Hangman that much. Because so. he's always bloody. <laughs> I knew I could get him a little later, so I went for some guys I thought I might could uh, needed to get off the board first, knowing mm-hmm. I could come back to that. It's more of a draft strategy thing than any kind of indictment of Hangman's position in the hierarchy. <laughs> so I've got my two top matches set. I've got the dream match between Punk and Omega, and then above it on the card on the marquee, Hangman defending the title against Moxley. Nice. Who's your number five pick? My number five is Brian Danielson. Good pick. Yes. Um, I have him uh, going up against MJF for the main event. Nice. The reason I chose him is, so I joked that, you know, I used to call MJF Princeton. To me, he comes across as like this kind of fussy, pretentious, like needy, like spoiled boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And he grew up and had his way paved in gold kind of thing. And uh, he's entitled, right? He's like super entitled and he thinks he is the shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have Danielson who to me, particularly when he comes out and is like sweats and is like, you know, white Mm t-shirt. I don't get the feeling as much when he comes out in his little like underwear situation, which I'm a... Like, his wrestling drugs? Whatever. <laughs> I don't like wrestlers in underwear, but whatever. Fair enough. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> so it's distracting. It just is. Boys, girls, it's distracting. Fair enough. Put some pants on. <laughs> so um, when he comes out, he reminds me of like salt of the earth, like mechanic. Like he owns his own, like, you know, body shop or something and he works with his hands and he's like he's got muscles because he's earned them Mm -hmm. and mjf has just like taken some like protein powder drinks and like pumped a few you know weights whereas danielson comes across as like authentically badass Mm -hmm. and so i just couldn't see them like going at it and danielson looking at like prima donna and like whooping his ass there is a famous Brian Danielson feud from WWE that this reminds me of, and it was the first feud that really put Danielson on the map, and it was against The Miz. 
<laughs> and so CM Punk, you may recall, in an earlier promo, yes. called MJF a less famous Miz. That's funny. One of the one of the quintessential early Daniel Bryan and Miz success stories was their feud with each other because well, they very polar opposite. And so Daniel Bryan definitely was somebody in WWE who um, who got a lot out of the everyman role. You know? yeah, yeah. And interestingly enough, MJF's finishing move is called the Salt of the Earth. So there's a little irony Ooh, there. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. That would be a great match. So you're deploying Brian Danielson back in his arguably more natural role yeah. as the hero. Yeah. 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 That's a good pick. Number five for me. Someone I think I stole from you. Think mm. your, your expected next pick. I went with Darby Allen. I'm still mad at you about that. We had an interesting conversation on our ride to the beach about uh, Darby, Sammy, Guevara, and uh, Jungle Boy, and who who was who was our favorite, who was the best amongst those guys. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Darby clearly has been the most successful of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pick him as one of my favorites, but because of his currently growing star power, he is somebody who I could have slid up into a match against Kenny Omega on my card. I could have put him against Moxley in my pay-per-view in in a big match. I could have put him against Hangman. At this point, Darby Allin can be deployed anywhere on my card. He gives me a lot of flexibility. And with the way I have him positioned on my show, he's going to be positioned in the third match, like the third biggest match. Still a headlining attraction. um, And a great third headlining attraction. And all on his own, right? Yeah, and all by himself. No sting. No, no sting. Sting's going to sit this one out. Thank God. Yeah, with all due respect to Sting, uh, Tabitha's not a big fan I just, of him hanging around Darby. She yeah. feels like it's time for them to go their separate ways. It is past time. Yeah. So. He's, he, I feel like he's holding him back. He's taking too much of the limelight, mm-hmm. and Darby is ready to shine all on his own. Well, we've got our two main events for each of our cards set up. I just drafted the guy who will be in my third position. The floor is yours. Okay. Who are you going to put with? Who are you taking number six? Number six is Wardlow. Wardlow. Yes. Nice. And he's an interesting pick in that not one of my favorites, but the crowd seems to love him. Drafting for upside. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm appealing to, you know, some of the... The, I don't know, the people who like him. <laughs> you make this pick six months from now, there's not going to be anybody exactly. batting an eyelash. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I I have looked into my crystal ball. I see this man's future. And so I am, you know, placing my bets on him because he seems like a sure thing. And so he is this, you know, gigantic presence, you know, Physically, um, he's going to be a gigantic presence in the the grand scheme of things and rankings and wins and all that. So I'm just kind of like jumping into the future a little bit, um, and I'm pairing him with number seven, who I will you know talk about in a second. But these two are like major like powerhouses, and it's just going to be like this. I don't know, like a What's the word? Like this crash yeah. of energy and bodies and. Big E from WWE refers to it as two big guys slapping meat. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a <laughs> lot of meat slapping in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, Wardlow is about to get his golden opportunity. 
Yeah. You know, he's had a a solid run sitting in the background, being a monster. Mm-hmm. And when him and MJF finally clash, it's going to be huge. It's going to be a make or break opportunity for him. Yep. And I look forward to seeing it go down. Yeah. Um, number six for me. I need a tag team. I need a tag team match on this show. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my favorite AEW. Uh, well, I guess not technically. Second. The favorite. second favorite. I love the Bucks. Got. I mean, it's just yeah. I have so much respect for what the Bucks can do. But my personal history with FTR is pretty deep. It goes back now seven years. So, big 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 fan of FTR. Um, simply put, they can be positioned at anywhere, much like Darby. Very versatile. I can put them in the semi-main event for the tag team titles. I can put them on second and just have them enhance the show with a great match. They do it every week on Dynamite, it seems. They're constantly over-delivering. Big fan. I mean, they're fine. You know, I'm not a huge fan. I don't understand why they're getting so much so much time and because they're great. The Bucks are better. Well, they're, they're doing their cyclical thing in AEW. The Bucks were the champions and were Ugh. positioned at the forefront every week for several months. and so. But I missed that. <laughs> yeah. And so when it comes I back around. I came in at the end of their reign, and I want them to come back. Hopefully the AEW will do a great job of, of cycling that in and out so you don't get burned out on one act yeah. by overexposure. It's the advantage uh, of their massive roster they have. Yeah. So number seven for you, who's Wardlow facing at this pay-per-view? He's going to face Miro. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Again. Heck yeah. Yeah, right? Yep. That would be a good match. They're just so, they just feel like there would be a lot of carnage. Just like this, like two Goliaths, you know? Like instead of David and Goliath, it would be more like Samson and Goliath. Mm. You know? Heck yeah. These two like almost legendary figures going head-to-head. I don't know. I think it'd be fantastic. I think it would be, too. I think Miro is awesome. I think uh, there is a special place in my wrestling fan heart for big man matches, (laughs) especially modern big man matches, because these guys are awesome. Yeah, that was the other thing. I wanted to add some variety, and so I, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to very carefully pick people that go well together. Um, I don't enjoy matches where there's a little guy like Darby and a big guy <laughs> like Miro. Yeah. That bothers me. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Gotcha. So I like them to be more evenly matched. And so, yeah, that's why I chose him. It's a good pick. Thank you. Number seven for me Drafted for the purpose of going up against Darby Allen in my third sort of headlining spot is Adam Cole. I think that would be a good mix of personalities. I think that, uh, you know, you talk about like against like. Yeah. They're very similar body style. It would be difficult to pick who's going to win. Both of them have a lot of momentum on the current scene as, as it currently stands. So I think Adam Cole and Darby Allen would be a good choice. Adam Cole is one of those guys who he's living off his reputation from NXT for me, largely, and a reputation that was, um, you know, NXT for me, I really stopped paying attention to it as closely after 2020. So I'm waiting for that big-time Adam Cole performance that I came to know and expect in big matches against 
Ricochet and Johnny Gargano and, and the like on, on, a, on NXT pay-per-views back in the day. I am confident that Darby would be someone who could draw a lot out of him. Having enjoyed a lot of the Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole stuff recently, mm-hmm. I think this would just take everything Adam Cole did well in that to the next highest level. And Darby is a perfect compliment to what Adam Cole brings. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> She's not an Adam Cole fan yet. No, I'm not. Like I told you in the car yesterday, I like him like as a person. When he was doing the interview that we saw, he's very oh, eloquent. Owen, cup. Owen Hart Cup. He seems like a good human being um, who is intelligent and well-spoken. But his little, his little character, mm-mm, I don't buy it. I, he seems like a sissy to me, like a big-time sissy. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Darby... Is, is smaller and scrappy, but, like, he's got grit. And I just feel like Adam Cole is just, like, so, so lame. <laughs> well, I would say that Adam Cole's role is to play a scumbag. And he's a pretty good scumbag. I don't know. So we'll see. I don't buy it. Who's number eight on your, on your roster? Jungle Boy. Nice. Aw, oh, he's so adorable. Uh, yes. He... He is definitely one of the ones that I just enjoy, like, watching more. He's He's got some work and growth in his, like, public speaking. But uh, his little, his gimmick with the costume and the song and his hair and all that stuff. Like, that's, you know, for now, that speaks enough. And his wrestling is amazing. I love all of the theatrical flips and twists and stuff like that. Like, that's my favorite, so. When we were having the conversation about Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy yesterday, one of the things that stood out to that com- about that conversation was just that if we were going to pick one to watch wrestle, both of us would pick Jungle Boy because mm-hmm. everything that he does, you know, maybe Sammy can, maybe Sammy can do a, uh, a little bit more. Maybe Sammy's a better natural athlete. Darby might throw himself around a little bit better. But in terms of just smooth, aesthetically pleasing He's wrestling, so smooth. Jungle Boy is, is. smooth he, as silk. He is he is to pro wrestling what uh, Ray Allen was to the jump shot. So, um, yeah, he's good. Yeah. So let's see. Sammy's number eight for me. Mm, good choice. Yep. Looking to round out my card and try to pick a big fourth or fifth match. Not a whole lot to say about Sammy. I think he's definitely grown into the role that he's in right now. He's within striking distance of something bigger. Um, that personality's still got, kind of like with Jungle Boy, that personality's mm-hmm. got a little bit of a ways to go. Yeah, they're so young. But if you're if you're looking for, for, for progression from your young stars like those guys, then both of them have done well mm-hmm. and stepped up. So yeah. I like Sammy Guevara a lot, and I'm happy to get him with my eighth pick. I yeah, I wanted him on on my my card for sure. You got him before I could, but his his last that ladder match, like I was already you know, enjoying him. You've liked Sammy since I have, the beginning. Since the beginning. Yeah. He's been in my top ten from the beginning. He made an impression on me because he, you know, he does some pretty pretty amazing things. Um, but that that ladder match, well, A it was my first one, so it was just it was great. I loved it. 
and it was just uh i couldn't believe the stuff that he was capable of doing Mm -hmm. so that's a good pick i'm jealous it was a star-making performance. Imagine Jungle Boy versus Sammy for the TNT Championship right now. Oh my gosh. Pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. Number nine for you is... Andrade's? Yep. Andrade El Idolo. Yes. I don't know the full name. It's, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Andrade yeah, you can El just, Idolo. Yeah. Basically, Andrade <laughs> the Idol. Yeah. The Idol. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... He is definitely, uh, he's amazing. Um, again. Criminally underutilized to this point. I agree. Um, when he wrestled Pac right after the pay-per-view, because they were supposed to wrestle, and then there was some kind of travel stuff. I don't know, but that was one of my all-time favorite. Like, that's in my top, you know, five favorite matches I've seen. Um, that's when I really... I kind of fell in love with both Pac and him at the same time. And I didn't know who I wanted to win because they were both so good. Um, I think that was the night I realized. I mean, I knew that you liked, you know, that you were invested in wrestling after mm-hmm. All Out and crying twice with the losses of Darby <laughs> and the Young Books. Yeah. But, uh, you know, your, your overall enjoyment yes. and appreciation for wrestling came shining through when after that Pac and Andrade match, you were like, Oh my God, that's like the best match I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it was so good. Okay, it was. I got her. Yeah, you did. And you were <laughs> you were cheering. <laughs> I was so happy because it was. That was incredible. You know, you won't see, um, you won't see, and that's, that's, that's the thing. Andrade is capable of doing that against so many members of this roster. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin. You know, you can go down the list. I mean, Andrade is one of those guys who can have a great match with anybody, but with the right kind, especially a smaller opponent where he gets to play like the big guy. Yeah. Because he can, he's strong enough. He's a bigger he's, guy. He's big. Yeah. yeah. I I don't see him match with those very well because he is big. I see him as um, an interesting combination of like pretentious pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get him in the ring, and he's just fantastic. Yeah, and you're like, he'll oh, beat you up. his, yeah, that kind of don't judge a book by its cover, you know, situation. So that's why I chose him, because of my next pick. They, they go together, in my opinion. It's an interesting, it's an interesting card arrangement coming up for you. I'm looking uh-huh. forward to your explanation. <laughs> Sticking with my need for a tag team, I need someone to go up against FTR. So my tag team championship match on my pay-per-view is going to be FTR. In this case, they're going to be the defending champions against proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz. It was a series of matches, one of which we saw at Fight for the Fallen in Charlotte that got messed up by mm. Cash Wheeler cutting his hand, cutting his arm open. Ugh. And then they had yeah. a rematch, and it was really good, but because of the setting and... It just wasn't as big. I think if they'd knocked it out of the park at the show that we were at, mm-hmm. it would be remembered more fondly. Mm, yeah. As it is, it um, it's just it, it's. I, I want to see them run it back one more time at a big show, and I would love to see them face each other on pay per view. Santana and Ortiz have been well positioned. They've been, as Jericho recently pointed out, in a lot of main events because of their association with the inner circle. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they do when they break out on their own. 
and there's, a, I think, a lot of untapped potential. They're, they are definitely, in my opinion, future tag team champions and a company that's been selective about who gets those titles. Yeah, I agree, for sure. So, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz for the tag team titles on my show. Number 10 pick from you, baby. Uh, Ethan Page. This is an interesting pick. Yes. Yep. I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like there's potential there. Tons. Um, he, much like Andrade, has got this, like, prissy, like, I don't know, very strange personality that doesn't pair well with his body and his wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. And so I find I would I would like to see, like... Like a brawl of the of the sissy boys, but they're big. Like it's just like it's... so. You're putting him against Andrade. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is what I wanted the explanation for a little bit deeper because it's heel versus heel, mm-hmm. which is very unusual in wrestling. Heel versus heel, but they're both so special. <laughs> Be a unique contrast of styles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just something about the combo seems really intriguing to me. Because they both kind of have this um, uh, contradictory, like, look versus ability mm-hmm. and um, way they speak and talk. I don't know. It's just like they seem like a walking contradiction to me. And so I'd like to see who could take, you know, the title of, you know, best prissy boy (laughs) (laughs) understood huh well i feel like i'm getting a steal at number 10 yeah yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah getting somebody who could reasonably be positioned way high up the card Mm -hmm. but i have a very specific role for my 10th pick chris jericho Mm mm-hmm Because I want to put Chris Jericho in the role that I think he needs to be playing from here on out, which is I want to just see him put over people until he's ready to bow out. He's a big star, but, you know, he's 50 years old. He's got a lot to give in a lot of ways. But I want to put him against Sammy. I want to see the split up of the inner circle. And I want to see... I don't necessarily want to see Jericho be the bad guy in this feud. I think I want to see it more of a of a a mentor versus protege type Mm. situation where Sammy puts the TNT title on the line up against his mentor, the guy who almost immediately as soon as the Dynamite era began for AEW, the very first night, Sammy Guevara wrestles Cody Rhodes in the opening match of the very first Dynamite and comes back out in the main event to, uh, well, no, no, I guess it was after the match. At some point, Sammy Guevara joins forces. With Cody, or excuse me, with Chris Jericho that night as the inner circle forms. So a lot of association, a lot of uh, drama back and forth. The, the, you know, a lot of Sammy's personality came more to the forefront in the feud between Jericho and MJF. Mm-hmm. So Sammy versus Chris Jericho with Sammy going over to retain the TNT championship is one of the matches on my card. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's CM Punk's role too. Like, I know you kind of want to see him rise back to his former glory, but I kind of feel like that needs to be his his role, too. 
Eventually, yes, I agree. Right <laughs> I now. You're not willing, you're like, no. Not yet. Chris Jericho can <laughs> play that role. Chris Jericho's maximized all he can do in, <laughs> in AEW, in my opinion. So now it's the time, three years into this project, it's time for him to get to that spot. Gotcha. All right, well, let's do a little bit more rapid fire as we go through our last six picks. Okay. So number 11 for you. Dante Martin. Why? I just love the way he wrestles, and he's. I'm pairing him with Jungle Boy because I want to see some crazy flippy shit. Oh, man. That'd be a great opening pay-per-view match, something yeah. to get the crowd into the show. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's fun. It's eye candy. It's great. Sets the tone for the night. Yep. Number 11 for me is Pentagon Jr. Just because I like Pentagon Jr., I spent all the way to the end in my final pick trying to figure out what I was going to do with him, but I just like him. I think he's got... That, uh, that darker side from the Lucha Underground days that uh, when they decide to tap into it, and it appears they are kind of doing that, uh, it's just, it's, it adds a different kind of element. It's a, it's a variety show. Hmm. Pentagon adds an interesting element to my card. Nice. Number 12 for you, kind of a steal in its own right. It is. Yep. Not my fave, but I've gotten picked for a specific reason, Cody Rhodes. Hmm. He's, uh, you know, he's important. And he's got a certain quality about him that I want paired with something that I'll divulge. No matter where Cody is at on the card, it matters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Number 12 for me, I snagged Keith Lee. Just debuted last oh. week, but I have a specific role I want him to play. I need a big man match on this show, <laughs> and he'll do it as well as anybody is capable of doing it in pro wrestling today. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Keith Lee is actually able to accomplish in this company. I loved the match that I saw. Like He immediately made it into like my top... I think he was in the honorable mentions, right? In my top ten? I believe so, yeah. Like already, yeah, one, already one, one match in, yeah. He just, he's adorable. Shout out to Michael Mickey Wits if he's listening to this. <laughs> his enthusiasm for Keith Lee instantly oh. set the tone when we watched Dynamite together last week, and absolutely, and he delivered. Yeah, yep. Number thirteen for you. Thirteen for me is Hook. Hook. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually pairing um, Cody and Hook. Because for whatever reason, Hook reminds me of a young Cody. Like, something about his... I don't know. Can I don't see that. Just something about his energy, and it's almost like a... Not quite father-son situation, but just a... Like, this is what you can be, kid. Let's go at it. Let me teach you a thing or two and see what you got. You know, come step in, play with the big boys, and kind of see what you're made of. It's a good role for Cody right now. Yeah. I have Brian Cage as my 13th pick. The same Brian Cage who may as well be gone from the actual company <laughs> since he hasn't been on TV in a while. His wife got on Twitter and kind of shared her disgruntlement about his Brian Cage's position in the company. Ooh. And I don't think I, I don't think he's done anything since then. But uh, if you put him against Keith Lee hmm. on a pay-per-view... <laughs> 12 minutes of those two guys just doing what they can do, I have no doubt Brian Cage would instantly remind everybody why he should be more utilized. Big fan of that guy. Specific job on this show is to lose to Keith Lee. But <laughs> in glorious fashion. Nice. Yep. Make it believable. Yep. So number 14 for you. Ruby Soho. Yep. I, just for the sake of being diverse, have to add some women to 
<laughs> to my pay-per-view. If you want to go ahead, since the last three of your picks were all female, you can knock them out. Okay. Well, so I chose Ruby, I chose Jade, and I chose, I don't even, honestly, I've never seen her. I just, like, randomly picked her. Hikaru <laughs> Shida? Yeah. Yeah. She's the longest reigning AEW Women's Champion to yeah. date. So I'm having a, 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 a women's three-way, basically. Nice. That sounds... You could put Jade's TBS title on the line. Oh, there you go. That'd sure. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do that. Go women. Yeah. But seriously, AEW needs to step up their women's game. Bad. Yeah, we had an interesting conversation about Doctor Britt Baker DMD. Doctor Britt Baker DMD. She's not a fan of Britt Baker. <laughs> not at all. I am a fan of what Britt Baker has become. I picked her and Thunder Rosa back to back with my 14th and 15th picks. Specifically for the purpose of adding a women's championship match to this show, which is probably going to be the women's championship match on the upcoming actual AEW pay-per-view. Thunder Rosa is interesting. She's got a lot of, uh, got an interesting background. She's got an MMA background. She's got a diverse pro wrestling background. Yeah. So, I like her a lot, but to me, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker is kind of the, the peak of what current, the current women's championship scene can be. And then my final pick, just needing someone to go up against Pentagon, Boo. was Malachi Black. If you're going to go in the darker direction and add some variety to the show, Boo. maybe you do like a casket match or something between <laughs> these two guys to add uh, a unique change of pace to a show that otherwise is pretty straight-laced. It's yep. diverse, and it would be stylistically different in each match. So you want to run down your total pay-per-view card? Sure. Um, so starting from kind of least favorite to most favorite, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with the women's champion with Ruby Jade and Hikaru. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Ethan Page versus Andrade. Then I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes versus Hook. Wardlow versus Miro. Jungle Boy versus Dante Martin. The Bucks versus Phoenix and Pack. And then MJF versus Danielson. Excellent. Yep. My pay-per-view will be in the opening match. I'm going to go with Keith Lee versus Brian Cage. Nice. We'll let them set the tone. Then I would go with Malachi Black against Pentagon. I would do Sammy Guevara versus versus Chris Jericho. I would do Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa. FTR against Proud and Powerful for the tag team titles, followed by Darby Allen versus Adam Cole. My dream match between Punk and Omega, and then cap it off with Hangman against John Moxley for the AEW Championship. I'd watch that, baby. Yeah. I would watch the heck out of that. <laughs> well, it was a good time to do this little project. It I enjoyed was. it. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, it didn't take oh. too long to draft them. There's, there, we're, you're supposed, they're supposed to vote, right? Yeah, yeah. Whose card do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> do you like the docs? Do you like... What are we... Do you have a, a nickname I'm going to give you? I'm the goddess. The goddess? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. Let us know what you think of our respective cards. And if you have a favorite, let let us know. Uh, thank you for your time. We appreciated this. If you uh, If you ever want to dabble in a project like this no it only takes about 30 minutes to sit down and go back and forth and Mm -hmm. draft it was fun yeah we might do one for wwe (laughs) if i can pick 16 people that i like yeah i think she would need uh she'd need the (laughs) roster pulled up on the laptop first i need some pictures yeah (laughs) excellent well thank you very much thanks guys
Have a great one.